What is up guys? Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Zeke Said So Show. This is the five year spectacular. Uh so this show this is gonna be a very special episode of the Zeke Said So Show because we are just gonna be celebrating five years of Zeke Said So. I'm gonna be sharing with you guys some of my favorite moments from the Zeke Said So from my time on YouTube and podcasting. Um, but first, I want to get a couple of movie news. Uh, I want to get a couple of stuff out of the way. For one, uh, there's a brand new episode of Throwback Thursday. I did an episode where I uh, am uh, reviewing The Scorpion King. So definitely go and check that out. Um, I also did a brand new episode of uh, Avatar The After Show. It is episode 14. I review episode 14 and uh there is of course no new episode of the web singers podcast but it will return uh on monday so be prepared for that okay let's go ahead and talk about some stuff um before we get into what this show is really about which is about the celebration of uh Zeke said so uh, i want to talk about uh two interesting uh News topics. For one, uh, AMC and Regal Theaters are opening a hundred locations in a hundred U.S. locations uh, next week. AMC will be opening on August twentieth of twenty twenty, and Regal will be opening on August twenty first of twenty twenty. Now, obviously, um, this I don't know if this is going to change. It might end up changing. Um, Who knows? Maybe they'll open up the first day and then close immediately the day after. Um, But I know certain cities aren't going to be able to have movie theaters open, um, especially California, which really sucks because I would really like to go back to a movie theater. But, uh, you know, states like California and New York have... um, have movie theaters shut down at this point uh i know california is as exclusively outdoor everything you know you can't have indoor operations open right now um which kind of sucks which probably means uh no movie theaters but i will be checking my local movie theater on august 21st uh because i go to i am a uh, regal cinemas guy i like regal cinemas but I will be checking August 21st just to see if they open. Um, but no, I'm excited about this. Um, it does show that things are starting to get on the right path. Maybe. I don't know. But who knows. Whew, okay. Um, uh, let's move on to the one that I really want to talk about. And that is this. And this isn't really a movie news, it's just like TV news, but it's something that I'm really passionate about. Um, Netflix made a really dumb decision today. Well, not today, about two days ago. Um, the cr- original creators of Avatar The Last Airbender, uh, Michael Dante DiMartino and uh, Brian Konietzko, have left the project. Um, of course, they signed on back in 2018. And they uh, left the project in June of 2020. Now, I tried to make a video about this, but then 
I just was too busy and too tired and I couldn't do it. Here's what here's what I have to say about this. What the hell, Netflix? What the hell? How did you mess this up so bad? Okay. You mean and I'm holding the Avatar Last Airbender complete series on DVD, okay? You guys know, if you guys listen to Avatar the After Show, I am a huge fan of Avatar the Last Airbender. But there's a reason why, and that's because Michael Dante DiMartino and Brian Konietzko wrote three amazing seasons of television. They wrote three amazing seasons of a show. And you mean to tell me that Netflix was just like, ah, well, these these guys aren't aren't made for it. These guys aren't made for it. You know, how do you not know? Let them get a shot at it. Give them the opportunity. Let them let them try with the first season. And if they don't do good with the first season, then get a new showrunner. But what they did was that they never gave them the opportunity to actually create anything. And I I just, I hate this. I legitimately hate this right now. It just, to me, it's a slap in the face. It Honestly, it is a slap in the face to fans of the show. Um... And I'm really terrified for this series. I was actually starting to get really excited for it. But now that this now that this has happened, I my they're gonna have to show me a trailer to this. They're they're real I mean not not even a trailer. They're gonna have to really make a really kick ass first season. Because if they drop the ball in the first season then um, screw Netflix. Um, okay, let's go ahead and move on to uh, let's go ahead and move on just to the Q and A portion. Okay, um, we're not going to have a commercial break because I don't feel like it's uh, uh, necessary. So let's go ahead and uh, let's get into your guys' questions. And the first one is. What are your top 15 favorite movies of all time? Great question. That's an amazing question. Um, let me go ahead and do something just real quick. Let me go ahead and... Hang on, guys. I'm, I probably should have done this before the show. But going to attempt something. Hopefully, I can. Okay, so of course, this is the five year spectacular. And I never actually, I actually don't think I've ever done a video or anything talking about my top 15 favorite movies of all time 
I don't think I've ever been able. I don't think I've. Uh, I've ever done that. And so, if my computer can load up, I'm gonna bring up my list uh, for my top fifteen. Okay. So if my computer can just load up here and just. Okay, come on, computer. Okay, my computer is still being very slow. But, so, obviously, you guys know, um, obviously, uh, you guys have listened and watched my YouTube videos. Um, you guys know uh, I love movies. I want to be a director when I grow uh Well, I technically am a grown-up, but um, I want to be a director when, uh, in, as a future, that's my goal. Uh, career goal. I want to be a director, um, and uh, you know, been wanting to make movies basically all my life. So, and so, uh, and every person has a top ten list. Uh, every person has uh, a top twenty list, but I wanted to do a top fifteen. Okay, I wanted to give you guys. My top 15 favorite movies of all time. And uh, I'm about to, I'm, I'm going to do that for you guys. So let's bring this up here. And we're going to start off. Nope. That is too close. Okay. And we're going to start off at number 15. And number 15, we have Knives Out. Uh, this movie was directed by Ryan Johnson. It came out last year. Um, and the more I watch this movie, the more I love it. I think it's a fantastic movie. Brilliant cast. Amazing dialogue. And what I love about this movie is that it's very different from classic. It is. It does have the tropes of a classic whodunit, but it takes the, the idea of a whodunit and puts a completely different spin on it it adds something different it adds something new to the genre of whodunits that we really haven't seen before and i think ryan johnson look you guys can criticize the last jedi all you want but to me ryan johnson is a directing genius as far as i'm concerned he is one of the most inspirational uh filmmakers working today um at least to me He's one of the most inspirational filmmakers working today, and I loved Knives Out. So at number 15, I have Knives Out. Number 14, I have Whiplash. Now, many of you guys may not know what this movie is. Whiplash was a movie uh, directed by Damien Chazelle, um, who went on to direct La La Land and First Man. Um, this was kind of like his big, like, I guess big break as a director um and it stars miles teller jk simmons um i might do an episode on, i i th i'm thinking about doing an episode on throwback thursday on it um but this movie is awesome like it's really awesome and i think what makes this movie awesome is that it's a movie not just about music 
about a kid playing the drums, about a teacher who is verbally, mentally, and physically abusive. It's about a a person. It's about two people who are willing to do whatever it takes to get to where they want to get to in life. And I kind of can relate to that. You know, there's a lot of things that people do to get to where they want to be in life. And I love that. I've always loved the concept of that. And I love when a movie can explore that concept uh, and make it uh, just so um, beautifully well done. You know, just an hour and a half movie about a kid who just all he wants to do is be one of the best drummers he can be. And J.K. Simmons in this movie is one of my favorite movie a-holes of all time. Everything he comes up with in this movie. One of my favorite quotes from him is... Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, what, what was the... I'm, hold on, I'm forgetting the the line. Oh, wait, that's not even PC. That's not even politically correct. Yeesh, never mind. Um, <laughs> uh, there there are certain... Oh, there is one that's um, actually really awesome. Where uh, he... Um, oh, man, that's inappropriate, too. Man, there's a lot of inappropriate things he says in this movie. But the point is... Everything he comes up with is hilarious, and I love every second of this movie. At number 13, we have Creed. Um, you can say, oh, but this is a Rocky movie. It's not really just, it's not just a Rocky movie. It is a movie that stands on its own. It never once tries to, yes... It has the elements of a Rocky movie in there, but it never once says, this is a shot-for-shot remake of the original Rocky. Never does that. Not once. It, it makes, it makes every, every choice that Ryan Coogler makes as a director is freaking fantastic. From... Putting the fo- from shifting the focus of Rocky to Adonis Creed, uh, to C- Apollo Creed's son. Like to me, that is amazing to me. Um, I love. There's a scene in this movie. I mean, spoiler alert if you haven't seen Creed. Um, but there's a scene in this movie where, um. Where Creed is telling him, it, well, where Rocky is talking about the fact that, you know, he has cancer. And then he says, um, you know, everything in my life has moved on and I'm here. But then at the end of the movie, he realizes that he's got one more person that still cares about him. He's got one person here on this earth that still cares about him. And I love it when. During the montage sequence, it's not just a montage sequence about Rocky training Adonis to box. It's also about Rocky 
fighting his disease. And it is incredibly inspiring. Um, Ryan Coogler is another one of those directors working today that's just fantastic. Um, and I love Creed. It's the best movie in the Rocky franchise. And uh, it is my number 13 favorite movie of all time. At number 12, we have Django Unchained. My fav- my absolute number one favorite Quentin Tarantino movie. This movie, very much like Knives Out, takes the Western genre and puts a completely different spin on it. Um, it takes some very different approaches than you would normally see in a Western, you know? And uh, what I love about this movie is that I love the fact that... Um, Although, for the first half of the movie, you would think Django is taking the back seat to Christoph Waltz's character. But he, but during the second half of the movie, once they get to Leonardo DiCaprio's um, little uh, man... Once they meet Leonardo DiCaprio's character, Django steps up and becomes more of a lead than Christoph Waltz. And all you have to do, when you're talking to somebody without... Who was when you're talking to somebody who has seen the movie? All you have to do is look at them in the eye and go, "The shootout scene." That's all you gotta say is, "The shootout scene." You guys will, those of you who've seen the movie, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And I'm not gonna give any spoilers because I know a lot of you have not seen Django Unchained. But if you haven't, definitely check it out. It's such a great great movie and Django is uh Jamie Foxx and and the cast is just fantastic this is just a brilliant cast you got Jamie Foxx's Django you have Sam Jackson in this movie you have uh, Christoph Waltz you have um Leonardo DiCaprio Don Johnson makes a quick appearance in this movie um oddly enough Don Johnson is also in another favorite movie of mine which was number 15, which was uh, Knives Out. So, that's awesome. Alright. Let's move on to number 11. Number 11, we have Jurassic Park. Um, Jurassic Park... I don't know if you can ever say that Jurassic Park is a bad movie. You can't say that. Jurassic Park, to me, is perfect. I mean, I don't want to get too specific on it because I am going to do a full-fledged movie review on it. But what I love most about this movie is that uh, it is a movie that, for the first half, relies on you... Knowing the characters and caring about them. So that when dinosaurs hit the screen, you're not just in love with the characters. You don't want anything bad to happen to these characters. And every single cast member is so great in this movie. You have Jeff Goldblum, Laura Dern, Sam Neill, uh, Richard Attenborough. Um, Sam Jackson is, of course, in this movie again. Wayne Knight just a bunch of great actors in this movie uh, actors and actresses in this movie um and the kids are even good in this movie the kids aren't annoying 
you know, mostly in a lot of uh, movies with child actors, they're usually the worst. The child actors are usually the worst part of the movie, but not the case here. The kids are even fun to watch, you know. Um, and I love Jurassic Park. I think it is fantastic, and it is number eleven. Of course, if you want to hear my full-fledged, in-depth thoughts. I will be doing a review of it on Throwback Thursday. It will be my next one after The Mummy 2017. So look out for that. All right, now we're getting into the top 10. Now, these Now, although all of these movies have inspired me in some way shape or form, these are the 10 movies that shaped my love of movies. Whenever I think about how great movies can be, I think of these 10 movies. Okay, now these aren't necessarily the best movies of all time. They're just my 10 personal favorites. I guess I should have said that before I started running down the list. But at number 10, we have Terminator 2 Judgment Day. This is one of the best action movies ever made. Um, Is one of the best sequels ever made. Uh, I love the chemistry between um, the our main three heroes. The T eight hundred to John Connor to um, uh, Sarah Connor. I love these characters. Um, the villain, the T one thousand, is such an incredible, terrifying villain. You know, there's so many emotional elements that work. There's one scene that always gets me choked up, and it's that scene where um, uh, Sarah goes to kill Miles Dyson. And then she can't bring herself to do it. And then John is sitting there in front of her. And she starts crying. And starts, you know, hugging and embracing her son. And I love that. I think it's such a beautiful moment. You know? And that final moment where the T-800... I mean, spoiler alert for Terminator 2. But you should have seen it by now. It came out in 1992. Um, But when that scene, when the the T-800 looks at John Connor and goes... I know now why you cry, but it is something I can never do. It's such an emotionally impactful moment, and no other Terminator movie has been able to beat it for me. This is one of the greatest movies of all time, and I love it. Uh, So that is number 10. Uh, At number 9, we have another sequel, Toy Story 2. Toy Story 2 is not just one of the best Pixar movies of all time. It is one of the greatest animated films of all time period uh it's heck it's one of the greatest movies of all time period um anyone who argues with me about toy story 4 i will fight them to the death no i won't but i will actually fight them to and and argue why toy story 2 is one of the greatest animated films of all time and why it's better than toy story 3 or the first toy story or toy story 4 because it is a movie that relies on emotion. Never once. I mean, yes, it is funny. There are a lot of funny moments. Like, you have saved our lives. We are internally grateful. Um, But it's also incredibly emotional. That song that Jesse sings in the movie. um, Then, uh, but even the opening scene with the Buzz Lightyear video game is fun. Um, The... The scene where uh, the the prospector is telling Woody, you know, uh, Andy's growing up and then there's nothing you can do about it. And then that coming back into play when Woody decides, 
No, you're right. I can't stop Andy from growing up, but I wouldn't miss it for the world. Love that moment. Everything about this movie is perfect. There's not a single flaw I have with Toy Story 2. And I will never have an issue with Toy Story 2. I watch it all the time, and you know what? I still love it to this day. And it is one of my favorite movies of all time, and so incredibly inspiring. I know the director of this movie is a did some bad things, but you know what? That, is, that still doesn't stop me from loving how great this movie is. Uh, so, uh, let's move on to number eight. And number eight... Oh, we're getting into the good ones now. At number eight, we have Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back. This is not just one of the. Gr- this is, for me, a one of the quintessential sequels of all time. Because it takes these characters who we fell in love with in Episode Four. Or sorry, the original Star Wars. Um, I gotta say the original Star Wars. Otherwise, fans of the original trilogy are gonna rip me apart. Um, But this movie takes those characters. And it... um, Puts them in new and darker places. Um, Luke being on Dagobah. And training. And seeing a vision... Where he's fighting Darth Vader and he cuts off the head and all of a sudden the mask just explodes and he sees Luke's face. He's, Luke sees his own face inside the mask. Such a great foreshadowing to one of the greatest cinematic twists of all time. Which is, no Luke, I am your father. Anyway, um, but yeah, and not just that, but also the stuff they do with Han and Leia and the uh and and Chewie and C three PO, it's all great stuff. Lando is an amazing new character. Boba Fett is awesome. Uh, I love the scene where um Han uh has one final kiss with Leia, and then Leia says, I love you, and then all of a sudden, Han says, I know. And then just gets frozen in carbonite. It's such a great moment. such a beautiful moment. And the final lightsaber fight, just everything, a lot of everything about this movie works. And it's perfect. And, And I can watch this movie every day and never get tired of it. I can literally, there are days where I will sit down and just kind of scrolling through Netflix or scrolling through Disney Plus, and I'll be like, "Oh look, there's Empire Strikes Back. I'm gonna watch it." And then I'll just watch it, and I'll be glued to the screen, and just forget about everything else. And then the movie's over. I go and check my phone, and I missed 27 missed calls from my friends. Yeah, I have no life, but <laughs> but. Uh, that's how great this movie is, and Empire Strikes Back is, of course, number eight. At number seven, we have one of the greatest horror movies of all time, Psycho. The original, not the remake, the original, Psycho. Directed by Alfred Hitchcock, and, uh, you know, I'm not a, I, I don't love horror movies. I don't love a lot of them. But, I'm telling you, man, Psycho is one of the greats. Like, I can watch this movie all the time and never get tired of it. 
Um, just the suspense that is built throughout this entire movie. And what I love about this movie is that you think the movie is following one main character. And then about halfway through the movie, the main character just changes. And, it, and, we, are, and we are following a completely different character. It's incredible. I love it. I think it is fantastic. Um, Norman Bates is one of the greatest movie villains of all time. Um, I love that ending shot with him kind of smiling at the camera, and then all of a sudden it kind of you you see a little bit of a of a skeleton, uh, and it's just it's so fantastic, and it's just a masterpiece in suspenseful horror. Um, and so Psycho is number seven. At number six we have Finding Nemo. One of the greatest animated films of all time. And my favorite Pixar movie of all time. Um, all I have to say is... Mine, 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 Would you just shut up? You rats with wings. <laughs> love that. Love it, love it, love it. Everything about Finding Nemo works for me. I think the I think this is one of the best Pixar scores of all time. Um, I love the animation. I think the characters are great. I think it's just a, such a memorable movie that I can watch over and over and over again. And um, that is why it's one of my. And at one point, it was my favorite animated film of all time, which leads us into number five, which is my favorite animated movie of all time. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is my number five favorite movie of all time. This movie is the best Spider-Man movie of all time. It is the best animated film of all time. And it is one of the best movies of all time. I love this movie. I think it is so great. I have such an emotional connection to it. Honestly, I'm not even joking. I do. Um, every single character in this movie is relatable. Um, Peter B. Parker's situation is incredibly relatable to mine. Like I, lo I, I, I remember I was watching the movie for the very first time, and I saw his situation. I was like, I can somewhat relate to that <laughs> because we've all been in his shoes. We've all been in his shoes where we feel like we've messed up, and then there's that great scene towards the end where you know he looks at Miles and he says, "How do you know I'm not going to mess it up again?" And then. Miles tells him, you won't. And he says, that's right. It's a leap of faith. And then it's just a beautiful moment. And that scene with my... I've talked about that scene at nauseam between Miles and his dad. Um, the scene... the This movie... And did I mention the movie was funny? Oh my gosh, the movie is hilarious. I love that line. Can you float through the air when you smell a delicious pie? Or, oh, my uncle, he's, he's the prowler, he's the prowler. This is a pretty hardcore origin story. <laughs> I love it. I think it's awesome. I think it's fantastic. So, um, there's that. Uh, and just everything about the movie works for me. Um, and I remember when I, I loved it back in 2018, and I love it now. So, there that goes. Number five is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Number four, another comic book movie, and it is my favorite comic book movie of all time. We have The Dark Knight. 
The Dark Knight is not just the greatest Batman movie of all time. It is the greatest comic book movie of all time, period. Should have been nominated for Best Picture. Should have won Best Picture. But of course it didn't. Because the Academy is filled with stupid people who don't know anything about movies. Um, that's not true. They, they got it right a couple times, actually. But this is such a brilliant masterpiece. I remember when I first watched this movie and I saw that scene between um, Batman and the Joker where they're sitting in that interrogation room and the Joker basically says, you know, um, to them you're just a freak like me. They need you right now and when they don't, they'll cast you out. Love that scene. The Joker is one of the... Heath Ledger's Joker is one of the greatest performances ever given in a comic book movie. And I think the the character is just a great villain. You know? You didn't need to know his backstory. You know? Heck, you, you, can, you can just make assumptions in your head on what his backstory is. Um, and I just love that scene where he's, you know, saying, You want to know where I got all these scars? And then he talks about how, you know, like, his, about how he got him from his dad. Then he talks about how he had a, had a wife and that drove him over the edge. Um, just a great character. And such a mysterious character. And you don't need, didn't really need to know anything about him. Um, and the opening scene with him creating this kind of domino effect. Um, not even just the Joker elements of the movie. The Bruce Wayne elements work beautifully. Um, the um, the scene with Harvey Dent at the end, where he's 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 got Gordon's family hostage. It's such a beautifully well done suspenseful moment. And then the that scene where Batman is like, um, you know, I'll take the fall for it. Gotham needs a true hero, and Harvey Dent is that hero that Gotham needs. And then he decides to take the fall for it, and that final shot of Batman riding into, uh, riding away from the camera on the Batpod is such a great moment, such a great shot, and Christopher Nolan directed one hell of a comic book movie. Just one hell of a movie. So at number four, I have The Dark Knight. At number three, we have Saving Mr. Banks. This is one that not a lot of people have seen. For those of you who don't know what this movie is about, uh, it is about the behind-the-scenes production on Disney's Mary Poppins. And it's uh, about how uh, Mary Poppins, and uh, not Mary Poppins, P.L. Travers, who wrote the Mary Poppins book, and Walt Disney didn't really see eye to eye. And what you get is such an um, amazing movie where these two are sitting down trying to come up with something great. But they both have different ideas of what could be great. She wants it to be one way and wants it to be real and wants it to face the harsh truths of reality. Whereas Walt Disney kind of wants to make a fantasized version of that. And it's great. I love it. I think it's fantastic. Seeing these two buttheads is incredible. 
and I love it every single time. The performances are fantastic, uh, not just by Tom Hanks and uh, uh, and Emma Thompson, but also B.J. Novak from The Office. He's in this movie. Um, and, uh, oh, what's the guy's name? Oh, he's from Get Out. He plays the the horrible the the dad's girl the the girlfriend's dad in uh in get out what what is his name oh i'm gonna i am going to really be let's see bradley whitford there we go he's great in the movie you know just everyone in this movie is just great and Colin Farrell, I thought should have, Colin Farrell, I thought should have been nominated for Best Supporting Actor. I think he's magnificent in the movie. You know, there's a scene in the movie, just, that movie is really, this movie, and what I love about this movie is this, it's not a movie about Walt Disney. It's not really a movie about Walt Disney. Walt Disney is more of like a side character. This is really a movie about P.L. Travers. This is her story. You know, this is not... Walt Disney's story. This is her story. And that story of what inspired her to write the character, to create the character of Mary Poppins to begin with. And I love it. I think it's amazing. And number three, I have Saving Mr. Banks. And at number two, we have The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. This movie is fantastic. Every single scene in this movie. It's not just a great action fantasy uh, fantasy epic it's just a great movie Peter Jackson directed this movie with an emphasis on not just wrapping up the main storyline with Sauron and the ring but also wrapping up character arcs like Aragorn finally accepting his place as the king um, uh, Frodo realizing you know how can you go back to a life after you've been just burdened with such a heavy responsibility for a year you know and it's great uh, Sean Astin gives one of the best performances I've seen from any actor period um, and I think this movie deserved all of its Oscars it did it did it deserved every single Oscar it's got and it is one of the movies that incredibly inspired me to make movies Speaking of movies that inspired me, we get to my number one. And you guys know what my number one is. If you have listened to Throwback Thursday, you heard me for any period of time. The Mummy, 1999. I even have a poster of it right behind me, actually. Um, this is such an incredible movie. With great characters, um, great action, a great score, a great villain, um, and just a fun adventure. This movie, I love this movie because it doesn't take itself overly seriously. Its number one focus is just sit down. We're all going to have fun together. Rather than being, we are going to present you with something very scary that's going to scare the, the, the living pants out of you. And not that, And this movie is scary at points. There is some good scares in this movie and some really effective ones too. But... For me, it's more than that. I love the just everything about this movie. I love it. And it it is the movie that 
made me realize that I want to be a director. It is the movie. So, all right. Uh, I am not going to run down my top 15. Um, actually, no, I will. Uh, number 15, Knives Out. Number 14, Whiplash. Number 13, Creed. Number 12, Django Unchained. Number 11, Jurassic Park. Number 10, Terminator 2. Uh, number 9, Toy Story 2. Uh, number 8, Empire Strikes Back. Number 7, Psycho. Number 6, Finding Nemo. Number 5, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Number 4, The Dark Knight. Number 3, Saving Mr. Banks. Number 2, The Lord of the Rings Return of the King. And number 1, The Mummy, 1999. Who? 40 minutes into this podcast, and I used the majority of it talking about the first question, and we're not even close to done. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next question. Um... What do you like more, podcast or YouTube? Um, I do like podcasting just a little bit more, um, but I love them both. Uh, I think podcasting, I like it just because I don't have to overly prepare for it. Um, because I can just be my, just kind of do un, uh, unedited stuff. I don't have, like, even when I make a mistake, I can just, you know, have an unedited podcast. I don't. I'm not, I, I just, I can be as unprofessional as I can, you know, I try to be very professional, but you know, sometimes you just be like, you're just like, well, if, if something goes wrong, something goes wrong. Um, so yeah. Um, how do you get the questions for your show? Uh, usually it's Twitter, Instagram, and the YouTube comment section. Uh, I'm going to speed through some of these questions real quick. Uh, when is your birthday? Uh, I won't give you a specific date, but I'll tell you it is in September. Um, actually, I'll I'll give you the the month and the and the actual day. Uh, it's September 9th. but I won't give you any more information than that. Um, do you ever talk about politics on the show, or do you have an interest in it? Uh, no, not really. I don't really get involved in politics, honestly. Even in personally, just little insight about me i don't really get involved in politics i just don't i think just it's become so toxic and i just eh. it's come it's it's honestly become more toxic than talking about star wars i'd rather go argue with somebody about a star wars movie than i would argue with them about politics because you're never gonna win i just came to that fact years uh just a year ago just a couple years ago actually um uh, okay do you write scripts and how many have you written uh, I have written three scripts. One of them is a short. Uh, two of them are feature length. Um, and I'm in the middle of writing another feature length screenplay. So there's that. Uh, have you ever had a girlfriend? Yes. Moving on. <laughs> um, what were the first stories that you wrote? Um, what an interesting question. Okay. Um, first stories I wrote, let's see, um, I wrote, uh, a bunch of short stories called, uh, Mike and Spidey. Don't ask questions. But I also wrote, um, a series of short stories called, um, Teen John, which by the way, if you guys have been following me for the past five years, you guys know that um, 
my original YouTube channel name was actually Teen John um, until I changed it to Zeke Setso because I thought Zeke Setso just sounded way cooler. Um, but, yeah, no, um, I really, um, but I wrote those. I did write uh, my own superhero story called Nightmare. Um, which was basically a guy who can turn into four different creatures. Like he could turn into a mummy, a vampire, um, a werewolf, and a uh, like a, a a zombie type creature. Um, and it's it's awesome. Well, it's not really great. It's actually I read it. I I actually went back to read it one time. It's garbage. But but it was one of the first ones I wrote. I wrote it when I was like in sixth grade, so. But then in eighth grade, I wrote my first series of novels, which was a sci-fi story. Um, and it was called, <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm about to say this on the podcast. It was called Treasure on Planet Pluto. Yep, that's what it was called, and I've read them, and they are garbage. <laughs> <laughs> they are garbage. And maybe maybe I'll do something really cool. If I uh if I get to two hundred subscribers on my YouTube channel and if we can get the podcast uh up in terms of listeners, then I will uh and if we can get the Patreon numbers up. Let's get actually you know what? That's the that there's the bet. Get those Patreon numbers up. And I will do a special review of Treasure on Planet Pluto. All four books. I will review all four of them. Gosh, what did I just put myself into? <laughs> but I, I guarantee you guys, if you guys get those Patreon numbers up, I will, uh, I'll review them. I'll review them. All right. Uh, best cartoon, Avatar The Last Airbender or Dragon Ball Z? Um, Avatar The Last Airbender. I mean, Dragon Ball Z is cool, but uh, I got to go with Avatar The Last Airbender. Uh, Alright, how big is your DVD slash Blu-ray collection? And are you sad that Disney announced that they will stop producing physical media? Um, I am kind of sad just because I am so incredibly inspired by... That's how I found my love of movies, was just watching movies on DVD. And I watched some movies on VHS, actually. Um, That's how I fell in love with movies, was just that um and how big is my dvd slash blu-ray collection well i'll tell you what not all of my movies fit on the shelf i'll just say that okay uh who and what inspired you to want to direct movies um so in terms of what inspired me it was watching a behind the scenes feature of the 1999 mummy film which was uh Directed by Steven Summers. And seeing Steven Summers just talking about how he was so impacted by the original 1932 one. And seeing that how much fun he was having making movies. I wanted that. I immediately wanted that. I've always loved movies ever since I was like five years old. But I grew an even more appreciation for them once I saw that featurette. You know, so... And who inspired me? Oh, there's tons. I mean, obviously, Steven Summers, Steven Spielberg, Brian Johnson, Ryan Coogler, um, just Peter Jackson. Um, 
oddly enough, George Lucas. In terms of storytelling, not in terms of writing scripts, but in terms of storytelling, George Lucas. Um, yeah, just a lot of really great directors inspired me to want to make movies. So, all right. Uh, what motivated you to want to start making YouTube videos on uh, making YouTube videos and podcast? Um, I think it was just my love of movies. Um, my love of movies really inspired me to want to keep to want to talk about them. Also, um, at the time when I started my YouTube channel, I was taking two years of video production, and both years. I was never given the opportunity to be in charge of any of the video projects. I was always put as the editor. Was never once in charge of a video project. Um, never once a director. Um, even though I've always wanted to be, I was just pushed as the editor. Which is not a bad position. Editing is great. But I want to be the director. You know, I, you know and... I just saw it as an op. I just saw YouTube as an opportunity to direct my own stuff, you know, and I saw it as a way to get me experience in filming, lighting, editing, all of that other stuff. And I have learned a lot since being on YouTube and podcasting. I've learned how to edit better. I've learned how to um, film in a better way. I've learned how to maneuver lights in your videos you know um i've learned about color correcting you know all of that other stuff and i've i've loved it uh and that's kind of what motivated me also just watching other people talk about movies on youtube i said i i just kind of thought to myself well if they can do it why can't i and even though if i don't get a hundred views that doesn't matter i didn't care if i got a hundred subscribers or one subscriber i just wanted to do it and have fun with it so that's just what i wanted to do all right and the final question of the day finally finally the final question of the day how has being on youtube and podcasting changed your life professionally and personally well professionally Hasn't changed my life too much professionally because I am still, uh, you know, I'm, I'm. It, it's not a full time job. This is more of like a part part time thing, um. But it has motive. But doing it has given me the confidence to uh, want to finally make my first short film. It has, you know, um. Now personally, okay. Um, this is going to get a little lengthy, so forgive me. Uh, so, before I started YouTube, I, I I had friends, but I didn't have a lot of friends that I can talk about movies with. Didn't have a lot of those. And I wanted to share my passion with about movies, and I also wanted to share my passion for directing. Um... And editing and stuff like that. Um, and I didn't really have an outlet to do that. Um, I would write my stories, but I would never let anybody read my stories because I was always afraid of, well, what if they hate it? 
What if they don't like it? What if they tell me, oh, well, you're not, you're, you're not good enough for this. Maybe you should just go be a doctor or something. That's what I was afraid of. Now, I, YouTube and podcasting has taught me, no, it's okay to be terrible at this. It's okay to be terrible because guess what? I'm learning. You know, I have learned over the years that I'm going to make mistakes. I make so many mistakes on YouTube and podcasting. If you guys go watch, uh, listen to my mummy to uh, my mummy returns episode of Throwback Thursday, that episode has so many audio issues. Okay, and I know that my episodes aren't great. My my, I know that I'm that I'm not perfect when it comes to professionalism, but. I'm still learning, you know, um, I still get advice from people who are, who do this type of thing. I'll write emails into shows. I'll watch a crap ton of YouTube videos on it. In fact, when I get on YouTube, one of the things I watch is how to make a, a, a short film with no money. And I usually learn i i've learned how to do that which is why i'm gonna start which is why i'm gonna start production on my first short film next year you know um but one thing it has also changed it's also helped me meet some of my closest friends ever uh including uh my uh my best friend raven who was also on YouTube right around the time as I started. Um, my friend, my friend Austin, uh, that one kid who has been in my War for the Geek skit, and uh, um, we ha- actually had a little bit of a diss together, which was awesome. Uh, we just did it because we wanted to have fun. Uh, we thought it'd be really cool to have uh, a little rivalry going off. Um, my, my best friend, Chris, who you guys met on the Spider-Man Far From Home episode. And then, um, I also met my best friend, Andrew, um, who sends in questions to the Zeke Setzer show. My friend, my best friend, Ian, uh, Mikey, Daniel, and of course, uh, I wanted to save number one for last. Mr. Robert the Ghost Rider Martinez. Um, I I just want to say. I just want to say. Um, Robert, if you are listening to this, first of all, you should be listening to this. I'm your best friend. You should be listening to it and giving me feedback. Um, <laughs> um, but if. You are listening to this. I just want to say, man, um, thank you. Uh, you're one of uh, you. Uh, honestly, you have also taught me a lot when it comes to uh, stories and um, directing and editing. You taught me a lot of that stuff. You get you helped me find my voice. You know, um, if it wasn't for uh, Robert, I probably wouldn't have become 
uh, Zeke the Geek with the letter this week, which is where I know most of my subscribers come from. Um, most of my uh, listeners, uh, podcast listeners, come from it too. Um, and if it wasn't for him, I probably wouldn't been inspired to want to uh, make mo- make like he is one of those other guys that just his love of movies has inspired me even more to want to pursue that career um and he wants to pursue that career as well and i appreciate him for for doing that and for being on this show you know he's been on so many episodes of of this show and i'm not gonna lie guys i kind of wish i could have gotten him on just so we can talk about uh just everything um so yeah um but i also want to thank uh I, I but before i go i guess before i wrap up here um i just want to thank um a few people want to thank my family uh for really supporting the my youtube channel and my podcast um including uh my parents who list who do listen um at least i think they do i don't know but i think they do um and they have just been super supportive of the of zeke said so just for the entire five years i've done it um to the point where uh you know (laughs) um to the point where my sister has recommended me doing so many ridiculous things that I would never do on camera. So many absurd things that I would never do on camera. But, uh, I, um, I appreciate their support still. Uh, the support that they give me is just incredible. And, um, they, uh, I'm just very grateful that they kind of understand what I'm doing and they understand that I uh, am now willing to put myself out there on the internet. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, that's... And I guess finally I should probably thank you guys who listen. Thank you guys for subscribing to the YouTube channel. Um, you guys have made these five years just amazing. I started the YouTube channel five years ago just so I can be a proud movie fan online. And it has just kind of really um, put me in a new direction, put me in new places in life, introduced me to some really incredible people, you know, and I just am so grateful that, um, that you guys continue to support, uh, the, (laughs) you guys continue to support this, uh, uh, this channel uh the and the uh the 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 podcast you know and um 
<sighs> you guys are uh, amazing. And um, I love every single one of you guys. Um, and uh, I will definitely keep going. I'm never going to stop. I'm not going to stop making podcasts. Not anytime soon. Uh, and I'm going to make more and more movies for you guys. I'm going to upload more videos on my channel. Um, in fact, I'm going to start clipping out episodes of the podcast and start uploading them onto the channel just to give you guys some weekly content every week. And, um, yeah, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys for five years and I am holding a, uh, sparkling ice, uh, peach necrotine zero sugar drink uh and i'm gonna lift it up in the air and say here's to another great five more years so thank you guys so much for listening and i'll talk to you guys later peace out